Early in the show, David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, the Hall of Fame writer, will be with us. Uh, a lot of things to deal with this weekend. A big weekend of the ACC. Virginia's got uh, Carolina coming to um, town tomorrow, so we'll uh, dive into that. Obviously, um, you know, bubble time for a lot of these teams, like the Hokies. They need them all. Uh, they've got Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll discuss that with David. And, uh, you know, the the net world is now, you know, it, it, look, I've, ha- I've hated the net ratings since they started because I found that it's actually – in a lot of ways, less reliable than the RPI. And they're also basically asking you to run up the score on teams. And uh, now the ACC is noticed and the coaches are complaining. So something will happen now. I mean, finally, nobody cared when the mid-major schools were complaining about it. But now that a big conference uh, is, is being bit by it, and it looks like uh, the Mountain West has gamed the system. So now we'll have some real change uh, moving forward. So we'll get into that with David Teal. wrote about this this week and the ACC folks is uh, – concerns with the net so now it's a real thing so we'll dive into that but uh, you heard James at the top there in the update mention that the NFL salary cap has exploded to 255 million big ones um, a lot larger than they had uh, com- had guesstimated it would be uh, just last week right like last week we we're saying eh, it might uh, you know be in the range of 242 to 243 and now here we are at 255.4 million, so some 13 uh, percent more. Another 74 million dollars per team in benefits as well uh, with this new deal. The uh, TV deals and the gambling revenue rising, so now the salary cap is expanding. I mean, I almost feel like the NFL does this on purpose too. Like they lowball the expectations, just say surprise, you yeah, everybody's got money to spend, and we'll see if they do. I mean, as we've Come to find out in other sports like baseball doesn't mean anybody's spending up to the cap all the time just because you have all this money, but it certainly gives you a lot more flexibility. I also wonder, you know, if some of these teams could get a mulligan off the tee these last few days with all these restructuring deals going on, if they would have rushed to do it. And and not to mention the restructuring with the teams that actually cut players. Like, would would you like to take some of that back now? I would like to think they knew better uh, and didn't do that, but... Uh, you know, it's interesting that the money continues to go up. You were telling me earlier, and I, I, I just, it's, it seems weird, right, to think back to 1993, 94, when we got in this space with the salary cap, you know, and, and unrestricted free agency. Was it $30 million? 36? 36.4, yeah. How crazy is that? 6.4. Remember the Reggie White deal, how much of a big deal mm-hmm. that was going to be? And remember Washington, who would just, you know, they look, they were – spending on the credit card they were the rams before they were the rams way before there was ever the rams right like in terms of spending because there was no cap nobody cared jack Kent cook he, he would pay guys at that time you know a million which seems like a lot to to not play like there had guys in their injured reserve that did not play because that was back when if you were on the injured reserve you were done uh, and they were just like basically you know stashing players away for an extended period of time and it just seemed like, you know, there was never going to be any, you know, as long as you want to pay the money, it didn't matter. But then, boom, here comes unrestricted free agency. Here comes this salary cap thing. And they were so ill-prepared for all of it and obviously uh, paid the price for it. But to, to think back in those days and then Reggie White's contract and how game-changing that was and he goes to the Packers and all that. And, you know, there were so many teams after him. And to think that it was just $36.4 million <laughs> for your roster – and where we are now, and the popularity obviously has exploded. Um, you know, an unrestricted free agency, when you think back on it, really helped the league, even though it might have been painful for some people 
uh, to accept at the time because you're losing players. But that 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 created this you know year round business that we're in now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the year round nature of the sport when there's always something going on. I mean, next week obviously is the combine. You're probably going to get a better idea here in the next two weeks as to people's plans with with guys in their roster because you have all these dates coming up where you have to cut players. You have to really, you know, if you're a team that that thinks the Bears are going to trade, you know, a guy, their quarterback, you know, Justin Fields, you've got to find out for sure because if they're not, then you got to go to Plan B or you got to start thinking about the draft or making a trade. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff will come to light here pretty soon as to the way you know teams are going about it. But you know, the fact that the salary cap is going up so much shouldn't be. Um, that big of a surprise considering the money they're rolling in with. I mean, we were just talking about yesterday that Prime's going to spend like $150 million for one game, for one playoff game, a wild card game. And if it's as bad as this year's wild card game, bless them for burning <laughs> that kind of money. That's true. Because remember, it was the Chiefs, uh, it was the Chiefs-Dolphins game in the frigid cold. Uh, it was kind of the most boring playoff game of all the playoff games, right? I mean, when you really look back on it now, and clearly, you don't know that going in. You don't get a refund if the game is a snoozer, but that's what Peacock uh, d- dealt with. So, you know, Prime Video, Amazon Prime is willing to do that. And I don't know, maybe they'll maybe they'll uh, get give you a package for free or something on the delivery if the game really stinks and you paid for it. I don't know how how that'll <laughs> that'll work in the end. But like this money is crazy, and we knew this. I mean, they've been counting money for a while. As the NFL doesn't mean people are going to stop, you know, restructuring and, you know, everybody's going to spend up to the cap, but it does give some teams, you know, in particular, we're going to talk about the Washington side of it here with the commanders here in a sec, a lot more flexibility. Cause I mean, I, I think we touched on this briefly yesterday. We were doing the show from Shartway, but this whole idea, and I know some guy from, from the, um, what you call it, um, world the the uh, yahoo uh nfl guy had th- thrown this out there and maybe even a guy and some some other couples have as well the idea that washington would need to cut or move john allen um you know in order to you know have their situation set next year is so silly to me but i hey you know i get it's the off season anything i guess passes as content but it, it just this further proves that's absurd now could you restructure could you give him you know, some more guaranteed money, what have you, to, to fix, the, you know, to lower the cap figure. Okay, you could talk me into that. But again, right now, they're not one of these teams, you know, unless something changes, it's going to be spending big at the quarterback position. True. They don't need to. No. Unless they do this crazy Kirk Cousins signing that that uh, suddenly, you know, <laughs> yeah, made, that's the rounds, happen now. made the rounds the last few, uh, you know, weeks or whatever. I mean, come on, get out of here. He's not going backwards. They're not going backwards. It doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense to me. But again, I'm not in charge. I guess wackier things have happened. But if you're trying to recreate uh, the 2012 draft, I guess you could go back and do that. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Yesterday, or two days ago, we we talked about the the landing spots for a lot of different people, uh, and one of which, of course, uh, has been uh, Justin Fields. Uh, Russell Wilson has betting odds out there on where he's going to end up. We'll get to some of that coming up on our uh, poll question today on the exit Jackson sports at ESPN radio nine, four, one. If you want to participate, we'll read you some of the early results there. Uh, the new cap figure numbers, very large and in charge. What does it mean, uh, for Washington, where are the holes to fill? We'll get to that coming up again. David Teal joins us. Uh, at the bottom of the hour was we shift into some college basketball. My friend Brad Biggs will join us at football at four from the Chicago Tribune. 
He'll give us the skinny on the Justin Fields future and what Chicago's thinking at number one, number one in this draft as well. Scott Jackson Show here on a Friday with you. Thanks for joining, coming along here. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are uh, brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. All right, our uh, poll question today on the X, that's the athlete formerly known as Twitter, uh, otherwise known as the X these days. Um, of course, there was no, there's no X in a building, right? They tried to put that up and they had to take it down. Is that what happened? They didn't have Francisco? the right permit for that. Yeah. <laughs> so what do they do with the big X? Do we know? Is it like in Elon's yard? It's hanging over Elon's bed. <laughs> Maybe he put it on his yacht. I don't know. He put it in one of those rockets and just Maybe one of the rockets. Maybe it'll eventually be on the moon or in Mars. Anyway, our um, ESPN Radio 94.1 poll questions brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings on the X at Jackson Sports. At ESPN Radio 941, uh, you can vote here. Uh, what is the most likely landing spot for Russell Wilson next season? And according to the betting market, whatever this is worth, you know, I, I don't know which one it is, if it's the Bet ESPN, the, the FanDuel, the, the DraftKings. The Cayman Islands. Yeah, the Cayman Islands somewhere in Costa Rica. It's the Steelers right now, uh, followed by the Raiders and then the Falcons. So those who we put up on the board, and we have the other, which is always popular for the wise guys in the world. Let's be honest. I was probably the kid that voted other too. All right, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm the guy when Survey Monkey pops up. I, I I answer it randomly and weird, and I don't always. And when they call me, you know, if I'm in a funny mood or maybe I've had a couple alcoholic beverages, I'll answer the phone and I'll take these surveys with these random people, faceless people on the other side of the phone, just to see where we can go. You know what I mean? Anyway, so right now Steelers lead the way. There you go, Pittsburgh. What do you feel about that, huh? How do you like that? 42.9% Raiders. I don't think the Raider fans love this, but who cares? Uh, 23.8% Falcons, 14.3%. I think just, you know, the Falcons are always in the hole on any of these polls because they don't have that many fans, right? I mean, outside of greater Atlanta, there's not a lot of Falcon fans. No. Sorry for them. And, of course, we got a lot of Heineke fans in our market. They're not going to vote against Heineke, which is what you know Russell Wilson is to vote against Taylor. Well, and the second that Taylor leaves the Falcons, they're burning all that gear. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're throwing yeah. that in the fireplace. You're throwing away those those uh, fake Taylor Heineke jerseys you got in the first place uh, that were probably <laughs> bought off of you know, some, some illegal site anyhow. All right, 757-687-94. Uh, 94 if you want to text us uh, also you can uh, hit us up via the uh, again the X on this poll question uh, to have at it um, I've had <laughs> a couple answers on <laughs> Russell Wilson already one of which says the couch um, <laughs> okay for his landing spot next year all right uh, the other has a picture of two guys with Canadian flags uh, does that mean can- uh, CFL okay I get it that's funny uh, our guy got lead uh, very good and um yeah, Paul Paul Hopkins is home on the couch. <laughs> do we do we think that Russell does does Russ know the Rock? I don't know. I a little UFL oh, action the UFL, there? huh? Yeah, I think it's a little early for that because he will not probably be released for another week or so. Uh, you know, once you know, I think the 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 deal is the Broncos have until like what the thirteenth, whenever the the first day of uh, free agency, right? It would have to be before that, or maybe it's a week before it. And I would also think, you know, you're going to go into the combine this week, hoping you can find some sucker to hook, right? Like, fi- hopefully there is a Washington from two years ago with Carson Wentz, stupid, right? Like that's what you're looking for. Hey, is there an owner that's trying to change the narrative about, you know, I don't know, a congressional hearing or something like that? And I know that is a once in a blue moon opportunity 
Uh, there's actually probably more blue moons than there are stupid owners that would do something like that. But it did happen in the NFL literally just two years ago, two off-seasons ago. All right, 757-687-9494. That's the Valley Who's phone line. It's the text line as well. Um, all right, so what does this extra money mean for the commanders? And, you know, can we just stop it with cutting John Allen? I, I don't understand where that comes from or why that is. But I know, again, people have clicks to get this offseason. So Washington right now, as of this new number, is at $75.2 million roughly with the projected cap at 255.4. So that's a big, big jump, right? That, that is a significant jump. And now we'll see if the commanders use it because they have not exactly been free spenders for a bunch of years, right? Like they True. haven't been. And like I'm trying to think about what do we see from – from Adam Peters, the 49ers, they, they've spent, but they're not crazy. They'll go out and get, look, they'll target certain people they have and done pretty well with it. And they'll also, you know, take care of their own, which is always the most important thing. Now, do the commanders really have, hey, we got to take care of their own kind of situation here? Uh, I don't know. I don't, doesn't feel like it. Position maybe two, but. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they've got a couple free agents, but it's not like they have guys upcoming with contracts. They have to absolutely guarantee to do it right now kind of situations. But what does this mean with the extra money? It'd be fascinating. Um, Gut lead on the X says, how about John for the trade John Allen uh, crowd? They're the same morons that would draft wide receivers every year. What about Saquon Barkley in Washington? Uh oh. Oh boy. Oh boy. Now we're starting trouble. I did hear. I, I did read. I think this the other day to the folks right about what uh, Anthony Lynn was very high on on Brian Robinson coming very, out of the draft, very, liked yes. him, and yeah. And again, this Chris Rodriguez played well this year. I mean, in a perfect world, I would have liked to have seen another year from Antonio Gibson. I don't think you're going to get that. I would think no. he's going to do well out in the free agent market and. You know, you've already got another young running back, and there's really no reason to resign him and, and do that. But it does add some things. I, I'm still hopeful they they actually care about the linebacker position some year. Uh, I'm still hopeful they can get some more O line help. Um, I'm afraid they're stuck with you know Wiley for another season at right tackle. Um, what about Leno at left? I mean, he's still under contract. He really, you know, could he be a cap casualty or more of just a? That's the only one I could see. More of a talent. It's not really a cap. It's more of like you're just not that good casually. You know what I mean? If you can get, he's not a, terrible by the way. He's a, he's just no. okay. I would just like to upgrade there. You know? Could what I mean? you? Could you? Would you consider moving him back to the right if you could get a starting left tackle? Well, yeah, but then again, it's then back to the Wiley problem because you signed him last season so sillily. You know panicky kind of panicky that right? was very panicky very panicky you know it's it's goofy how uh they did that anyway you gotta you gotta consider that um the secondary again can you keep curl is it reasonable to keep curl fuller you gotta weigh that there are other cornerback options if you don't go with fuller that we've discussed including you know per, perhaps gilmore from the cowboys who Quinn has a really good, and Witt have a really good read on if they like him or not. And then there's some other options there, too. And again, oh, yeah, we, you have to get at least a starting end, you would think, in free agency. Or keep one of the ones you have and assume that they would be the starter in addition to drafting one. So there's there are those kind of holes to think about as well. All right, 757-687-9494. I got Roger in Virginia Beach. He's got a Russell Wilson landing spot. What's up, Roger? Hey, what's up, guys? Love you, love the show. Thank you, man. Um, so... I'm a diehard Giants fan. I'm a realist. The shirt I wore all this year just says trash and Giants font. Yeah. Um, maybe next year they'll be worthy of throwing a jersey on, spilling some hot sauce on it. <laughs> um, I don't see us having Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley next year. 
I think Russell could be a good pickup. He is getting older. Right. But we are a team that finally started paying attention to rebuilding our O-line. I think we're a team that's going to start looking at Daniel Jones' trade stock. He's no stud, but we're not paying him a ton, Mm -hmm. and it's a hot time to be able to trade him. I'll take it off the air. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, I mean, the problem is, obviously, he's coming back from the injury, right? I mean, That's problem number one. Yeah, that is problem number one, you know, is the injury. He's coming back from the rehab. Uh, You haven't seen him since, what, week? What was it, week seven, eight? I don't remember. It's been a while. It's been a while. That's the issue. I don't know if he's. I saw some story about his rehab last week's going well. Like they always say that, right? Oh, the rehab's going great. I mean, well, what else are they going to say? Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Right. I, like I don't the, know the if doctor he's who back. did the surgery said he'd had bad, unsuccessful surgery, right? Like he's never going to say that. <laughs> like every doctor says it's successful right. surgery. Like what? What kind of doctor's office is going to say on the uh, on the on the uh, Yelp report that uh, no, it was unsu- we we led the league in unsuccessful surgeries. But yeah, anyway, I'm not gonna lie to you, this went terrible. Yeah, this is oh my god, it was one of the worst. I was hungover. <laughs> Did I mention my hands were shaky and I was hungover? Uh, I don't know what left was going a on. Snickers there. bar in yeah. there, it's just terrible. Yeah, I don't know, man. That 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 uh, that gummy hit me wrong. You know what I mean? And it was just <laughs> the edible I had before the surgery just jacked me up, oh, and I don't know what was going on. But anyway, yeah, you never hear that. But everybody's saying it's great. Sure it is. But you won't know until you see him on the field, is my point, or in the OTAs and all those things. I think you'll have to ride out Daniel Jones one more year uh, if you're the Giants, unfortunately. And, you know, you could still bring in quarterbacks. I mean, I'm not against that at all. Absolutely got to bring him in. And, uh, you know, got to bring in talent, whether it's a veteran or draft one. And, you know, moving up is interesting because it's costly and then it's awkward because you just paid, again, Jones that money. You know how you would handle that, but if they, listen, there's a sucker born every minute. I'm not telling you there isn't, and that maybe is true. maybe there is a, a way to move off of Daniel Jones, but I think it's probably now because of the injury, you know, a year away. Because again, it was a four year, 160 million dollar contract. It's really a two year commitment, so you just kind of bite the bullet, ride it out for this next year, and then you know hope that he shows you something and show well more importantly the rest of the league. And then maybe, again, maybe he's healthy enough that you could shake something up prior to the deadline next year, although it's very – it's not very. It hasn't happened, right? Like nobody's traded a quarterback, like a starting-level quarterback no. prior to the deadline. Now, the closest thing we got was the the um, situation here with the uh, astronaut. What's his name? Um, oh, uh, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs yeah. got traded twice, right, before the season, but he was a backup. And then he plays right away for Arizona. Then they trade him before the deadline over to Minnesota. But that, you know, a guy making $40 million like Daniel Jones, that's a big bite, right? Uh, it's base salary 35.5 for a team. And the cap hits $47 million. Uh, the dead cap is $69 million. So, I yeah. mean, the Giants are yeah. screwed uh-huh. this season with him. So, I wouldn't see that. But am I against them chasing a Russell Wilson or whatever? Sure, why not? Remember – Supposedly, though, the story with Russell Wilson was he was allergic to the East Coast, right? Like when he, because he got to control the Seattle trade. Like he, he supposedly said, no Philadelphia, no Washington. I want to say the Giants or the Jets, one of those two. I New think York. it was the Jets. I don't think it was all the right, Giants. Right. And then he was saying no to that, too. So he was very specific about where he wanted to go. Now, like times are different, dude. You know, you're, now he will be a free agent. Uh, I have, I think everybody's heard this, right? He's intrigued by Pittsburgh. Well, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. And the bigger question is, 
is Arthur Smith and Mike Tomlin, are they intrigued by him, right? That's that's what you're wondering about. Well, and let's face it. Did, <laughs> does Russ really fit in with that city, with those fans? Uh, no. I, I'm thinking no. no. No, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, somebody just sent me this wonderful thing that somebody with a lot of extra time on their hands put out from several years ago. Russell Wilson catchphrases for every ACC school. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. So, Hokie Nation, let's gobble. Uh, Demon Deacons Nation, <laughs> let's... Uh, <laughs> theologize cavalier nation let's restore the ast- ar- artist <laughs> artocracy oh that's so funny <laughs> aristocracy easy for me to say let's let's uh, restore the aristocracy i can't see without these are small print wolfpack nation let's howl although he had a wolfpack nation so yeah he did he, he did. did he did was it stupid thing badger i'm a i'm a badger a wolfpack badger or some goofy thing i don't know uh, oh pack full of badgers pack full of badgers that's go. what his catchphrase is blue blue devil nation uh, let's sin, Seminole Nation. Let's chant. Oh my God, this is so funny. Yeah, he'll have a he'll have a catchphrase wherever he is. Steel City. Anyway, oh boy. Oh, you know, I was worried about the Commanders uh, being serious about linebacker. I see they already have. They've signed uh, Keandre Jones today to their roster. So there you go. Yeah, he won't play. Yeah, from former Bear. Just like Jabril Cox. <laughs> yeah, right. Jabril Cox. It took an act of uh, Congress to get him on the field. All right, in the text line, let me do a couple of these, and then we're going to break, and David Teal's on the other side. We'll get back to football. we got a ton of football to do today. In addition to college basketball, we do have NASCAR on the schedule, too. Don't worry, gearheads. Uh, we'll do that at 5. All right, uh, Bobby Williamsburg says, interesting timing concerning the increase in the salary cap. The federal government last week announced a partnership with all major sports leagues, and I wouldn't be surprised the federal government is subsidizing sports leagues for a particular message, uh, i.e. absurd amount of money given to Travis Kelsey market for the Pfizer vaccine. The vaccinations have dropped 6%, uh, hurting my credibility, but it's always advisable uh, to follow the money. I'm sure the increase in the salary cap is due to the increased interest in viewership of NFL gains because of gambling aspect, but interesting timing anyway. No, it's definitely because no, of gambling. No. Yeah, please. No. It's, stop, it the it gam- the, it's gambling. stop it with with the conspiracy wacko theories on the damn vaccine stuff jesus enough already um (laughs) oh boy uh anyway um mark in yorktown says complications happen uh you do hear that alex smith ran into complications with his surgery yes that's true but that was like saving his leg surgery and we didn't find out about that until like well after that's a lot different okay like that's a severe break i'm talking about like knee surgeries what have you it's never, oh yeah, doctor always says successful surgery, right? Like they right. never say unsuccessful Yeah, surgery. like they had to save his yeah. life. Yeah, they I mean, his literally leg was his outside yeah. of his yeah. body yeah. at one point. Exactly. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, John uh, says um, that John Mara likely saw that we had cap space, so he told his stooges to raise the cap uh, anyway, shaking my head. <laughs> That's funny. Now, that's a conspiracy theory I like. That's another conspiracy I'm aboard with. All right. Uh, Steeler Nation, let's steal cap space. All right. That's funny. All right. I mean, there's there's all these Russell Wilson sayings. Gutley, thank you. All right. Let's do this. David Teal on the other side. Uh, James has got an update coming up. 757-687-9494. We will get to a big game for the Cavaliers after that embarrassing loss to the Hokies. And can the Hokies take the show on the road? And how much more work do they have to do to get off the proverbial bubble? It's the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. James Withams, got your sports center. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are getting ready to talk some college basketball. Big weekend ahead. As we're headed down the home stretch, final couple weekends for the big conferences. Final weekend ahead. Final week ahead in the uh, mid-major area as well. 
And right now, our pleasure to bring in via the Ballyhoo's guest line. He is a Hall of Fame writer. You read him in the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Uh, the one and only David Teal, good enough to give us some time here this afternoon. How you doing, David? Scott, good afternoon. Great to be with you. Exciting uh, weekend ahead. We're really, you know, it's the, it's the time of year where things are heating up and uh, starting to, you know, get a little separation and obviously a little desperation for some teams too, <laughs> right? No question. Yeah, a little of that desperation, obviously, for uh, the teams in the ACC. We'll talk about that here in a sec on the, on the court. But I, I thought it was interesting, your story just the other day in the Richmond Times-Dispatch talking about, you know, something that mid-major conferences have been complaining about for a while, but now maybe something will be done about it because the big conferences are talking about it, which is this this goofy net rating, man. You know, they want you to run up the score. They want you to throw away longtime, you know, state rivalries to, to you know, to get all these extra home games. I mean, tell, tell me what is bothering the ACC coaches the most about the net rating and what do you think we might see because of it? Well, what I fear, Scott, is that the ACC is going to dumb down, so to speak, its non-conference schedules and stop playing ambitious non-conference opponents. Because that is exactly what the Big 12 has done. Ten of the 14 teams in the Big 12 have non-conference strength of schedules below 200 on the net. And those ten teams combined have one non-conference victory that qualifies as a quadrant one victory, which is the most difficult as judged by the net that's one out of 46 and what they've done is against those quad four opponents they have these massive average victory margins iowa states for example is 37 point average victory margin against quad four opponents and that during november and december gooses up their efficiency rate offensive and defensive, which are used in part to calculate the net. So lo and behold, at the end of the non-conference season, in late December, you have a bevy of Big 12 teams clogging up the top 20, while ACC teams that played stronger schedules and lost a few games get buried. And once that advantage is baked into the cake, it's darn near impossible to reverse during conference play. That's a really interesting point. Of course, we're also seeing you know the Mountain West as a mid-major really kind of uh, figure out the system, right? Like the way that they've been able to, to you know to jump up, and you've got a lot of these teams that are they're playing well, playing each other multiple times, and they don't have kind of the the dead part of the uh, bottom half of their their conference because it's not a very big conference either. Correct. That's absolutely right. And this helps explain, Scott, and I didn't mention it in the story, and I probably should have, but this helps explain why the ACC coaches very much wanted to trim the conference schedule from 20 games back to 18. Now, the ACC athletic directors declined to do that. I'm sure almost wholly because ESPN said, no, we want 20 conference games. But the Big 12 only plays 18, and that allows them to schedule two other non-conference games, which will probably be buy games, you know, so-called buy games, where they bring a team in and hand them a check 
in exchange for beating their doors off. Yeah, I mean, it's just not fun, but uh, you're right. I mean, if this is the system we're going to keep, this is what they have to do uh, moving forward here. Well, as far as on the court this weekend, you know, Virginia after that uh, – just atrocious outing on Monday. Uh, get to oh. uh, try to bounce back with a big spotlight game uh, against North Carolina. But l- let's start with that Monday before we get to tomorrow. What you've seen this team a lot. I mean, I know they just came off a really gut kind of one of those gutted out kind of wins over the weekend. But what happened there? And is this something that they should be concerned about carrying over with with the way uh, they struggled so badly to get the ball in the hoop? Scott, it was as bad offensively and defensively on both ends of the floor as Virginia can play wrapped up in one night. Perhaps the only saving grace for Cavaliers fans is maybe they got it all out of their system in one night. But that 34-point loss was the Cavaliers' worst in an ACC game since 2006 against North Carolina. That's pre-Tony Bennett. This is the worst ACC beating he's ever suffered. They were really bad. Now, hey, Virginia Tech played great. All credit to them. They got their home fans into it, and Castle Coliseum was absolutely rocking. But that doesn't excuse how Virginia plays, and lo and behold, who comes calling Saturday – but the Tar Heels, who sit there in first place in the league, the Tar Heels, who scored more points on in their previous game, Saturday against the previous Saturday, or, or no, this past Saturday against um, Virginia Tech, 96, then Virginia and Wake Forest managed combined in their 49-47 slog uh, the same day. But Cavaliers have won eight straight at home against the Tar Heels, which makes tomorrow even more intriguing. Yeah, no doubt. Big opportunity for them for a bounce back. It'd be shocking to see them play as bad as they did Monday. Uh, David Teal's with us uh, via the Ballyhoo's guest line from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Hall of Fame writer here, Scott Jackson, Show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Big opportunity for the Hokies. As, as good of a win that was the other day, they have not been a, a road warrior by any means. I mean, one in one, seven. One in seven. Whew, one in seven away from home, and that's obviously something that matters for this committee. Even though your net rating's gone up, you, you got to do something away from home, and they, they do not have an easy game. I mean, Pittsburgh's another team that's you know scratching a claw and trying to uh, be in this thing as well. Uh, how, how do you see that one tomorrow night, and what are the challenges for Virginia Tech in that 530 tip? I think Virginia Tech, Scott, needs to win out in the regular season to get in the at-large conversation. Now, if you take each of those games singularly at Pitt, at Syracuse, I think I've got the order correct here, home against Wake Forest, then at Louisville, then home against Notre Dame. Take them in in singular fashion. They're all winnable games. But have the Hokies at any point this season shown the consistency that would lead one to believe they can run the table in a five-game set, or a set, in essence, what would be a six-game set because they've already beaten Virginia. I haven't seen it, right. and even Mike Young hasn't seen it. His post-game remark after the, after the Virginia blowout was classic. He said it, it can be such a simple game 
and this team tends to overcomplicate it. And then this is a direct quote, and it's frustrated the hell out of me. <laughs> That's funny. No, he's right. It, it has been. Uh, no, yeah. they've been. They've been turnover prone. Yeah. Um, they there, there are times when there are they are very lax defensively, and that won't cut it at Pitt because now Pitt coming off a terrible beatdown at Wake Forest the other night, and Wake Forest is undefeated at home, and who do the Deacons get tomorrow at home but surging Duke in another very intriguing ACC game. No doubt. Um, let me ask you about another team in the state that I think's got a very good resume. They're not in a conference, though, that historically gets more than just the auto qualifier, and that, of course, is uh, the Sun Belt and James Madison. Yep. They could finish with 30 wins and three losses to App State, right, if they lose to App yep. State in the championship. What would the committee do, do you think, at that point with a 30-win team? We saw them have a big win early at Michigan State. Uh, they had that incredible comeback at Kent State and really have been one of these teams that does a lot of the things the metrics want you to do. What do you think they would do to Madison with 30 wins but not a conference championship? Scott, it all depends. They, they would certainly be in the at-large consider, you know, in the conversation. But as I always tell folks, a lot depends on what happens elsewhere around the country. Right. You know, do you have bid thieves in other conferences where a team comes from complete in a one bid league where you think it's a one bid league where the champion, the A10 could, could be a perfect example. Right now, Dayton is the one team in the Atlantic 10 that you think would have a really solid at large case. But what if Dayton doesn't win? the A-10 tournament, then the A-10 becomes a two-bid league. Right. That takes away a potential at-large for a team such as James Madison if it were to lose uh, to App State. And, hey, you talk about the Sun Belt. What if JMU beats App State in the final? Look at App State's resume, I know. They would have beaten James Madison twice, including on JMU's home floor, and, oh, by the way, beat Auburn. Yeah. That's right. They beat Auburn. I mean, they, look, there. I saw them last night call the game. They're really good. They are tough. They come after you, and they shot it well, and they can play a lot of different styles. I mean, they, they have been uh, – I mean, this is the best season they've ever had as a program, and they may not even get in, like you said, if they don't win the tournament. Yeah, no, and, and they are a shot-blocking machine. Oh, my goodness. Right? Do, yeah. do they have some lively bigs now? Yeah, they got a lot going for them. They're, they're a fun team to watch if it's not happening to your team. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're talking to David Teal here, uh, Scott Jackson, Joe Pride, on Sports Radio 94.1. So he joins us via the uh, Valley Who's uh, guest line. All right, the A-10 you just mentioned a minute ago, I mean, it looked like, okay, you know, this is Dayton and uh, everybody else for a while. Then you had VCU coming up for a while. Richmond's been coming up, you know, then, then the big win from Mason the other night. I mean, yeah. th- this seems like it's going to be Dayton, right? They've done enough now, Dayton, right? Like we can say, they're they're safely in. It's just a matter of who wins. And if Dayton does win the tournament, could this be a one bid league? Could it be a one bid league for the second consecutive season, Scott? Yeah. After the A10 went more than a, well more than a decade, I forget the exact number of multiple bids in every season. But Richmond, you know, there sits Richmond and. Loyola of Chicago, I believe, tied atop the yeah. 10. Got 
VCU and Dayton in the mix. You mentioned Mason with the big win over Dayton the other night in Fairfax. Tony Skin, the former Patriots guard in his first season uh, as his alma mater's head coach, is doing a terrific job. Uh, I've got to think that the regular season title is going to come down to the final Saturday uh, of the regular season there in early March when Richmond goes to Mason and VCU goes to Dayton. I think those those two games will go a long ways toward determining the top seed at the A-10 tournament in Brooklyn. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, a lot of lot of uh, a lot of things still to be decided here in these last few weeks. At by David Teal on the X, give him a follow there. I'm assuming, my friend, you will be in Charlottesville tomorrow. I will be in Charlottesville on uh, tomorrow, and then I'm just going to keep going west and head to Virginia Tech on Sunday to see the top ten Hokies women's team. Nice. Uh, take on North Carolina College Game Day. Will be there for the women's version on Sunday. And uh, the Hokies can clinch a share of their first ever ACC regular season title with a victory over the Tar Heels. That's pretty big. Now, I don't know how you feel about this, but I've been saying this all year. I really feel like the men's game does not have nearly the personality or personalities, I should say, the women's game has got right now going for them. Oh, and it's, and it's not just Caitlin Clark. No, it's not just Caitlin Clark, right. No, and, and, and Virginia Tech's got two of them in Georgia Amor and Elizabeth Kitley, and it will be their senior day. Uh, now, won't, presumably won't be their last game at Castle Coliseum because at this rate, Virginia Tech will be safely among the top 16 seeds of the NCAA tournament and therefore would host the opening two rounds. Uh, but there will be the pomp and circumstance that you associate with senior day on Sunday afternoon in Blacksburg. But those are two That's of the personalities that, that you mentioned. You yep. know, Angel Reese at LSU as yep. well. No doubt. Angel Reese, of course, uh, you know, big-time player and a lot of personality. Again, this is the, the women seem to also be killing it, David, on the real NIL front, right? Like actually doing stuff, moving product, <laughs> image, image, likeness like it was set up to be versus the men who just get paid because they're good. Correct. It's with the men. It's just pay for play. It's right. Not, yeah. It's not what NIL stands for on the men's side, Scott. Yeah. Is now it's legal. <laughs> I love it. You got to copyright that, buddy. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my goodness. Awesome. Hey, David. Safe travels this week, and uh, be looking forward to reading you the in the uh, Richmond Times Dispatch as always. Thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for having me. All right, have a good weekend. At by David Teal. <laughs> now it's legal. That's awesome. That's a home run. I want a T-shirt that says that. NIL. Now it's legal. <laughs> All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Um, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Football at four in about ten minutes. Brad Biggs is going to join me. Chicago Tribune. What, what's really going on in Chicago? We hear a lot of innuendo and rumor about Justin Fields, about which direction the Bears are going to go. We'll get it uh, from a guy who's been covering the Bears a long time and knows them well uh, in football at four coming up. Uh, a little bit more college basketball on the other side. Good night on the road for the women's Old Dominion team. Not so great at home for the men. We'll get to it next year. Scott Jackson, Chair Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, welcome back. It is uh, the Scott Jackson Show here, Friday edition. Thanks to David Teal. A lot of good uh, info from David and 
Uh, as you mentioned, big weekend in the state here, Virginia with Carolina tomorrow, Carolina women at Virginia Tech College game day will be there on Sunday, uh, for that matchup as well. All right. Last night, do you want the good or the bad first, James? What do you want? Let's go good news. first. All right. So, uh, old dominions women last night rolled app state, um, over there in Boone, North Carolina. You just have, you can't just say Boone. You gotta say Boone, Boone. uh, 81 to 62, Big third quarter outscoring uh, the Mountaineers 28-12 to in that quarter as they run away with the win. So good W for them as their uh, last, their end of the road season, if you will, uh, end part of the season on the road will be uh, tomorrow. And then they'll be back at home to finish up the uh, rest of the schedule uh, of the regular season next week. Of course, the men finish up uh, home tomorrow, but the uh, women go from Boone. This is the tough part about the conference, right? Like, even though it's better than it used to be in a conference USA, you go from, you know, from Boone all the way to Georgia State. Oof, Does that's what? Really, six hours, five hours? Yeah, something like that. It's got to be at least. I was talking, you know, we, you were there, obviously. We were talking to Matt Present yesterday, who does App State. He's like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not terrible. They, they know. I mean, they're a little isolated. It's kind of the same deal with Marshall. But, you know, you just, it's not as easy for them as it is, say, to ODU with, uh, you know, games against teams like Madison, um, you know, and even Coastal is a little easier to get to, clearly, in some of these other places than they had in the past. There's more direct flights, obviously, too. But anyway, uh, that is kind of the challenge for them. So, Women, I mean, the key here is with all of the teams in the in the Sun Belt, stay in the top four. You stay in the top four, you're talking the double bye. And in this case, um, Old Dominion's very much in a good spot for that. Now, they can still track down, obviously, uh, even higher uh, marks in terms of the seeding prior to this thing being over. They still got a chance to run down Madison, who's the third team, just a game back. You got to be aware of you know this Georgia State game is big because they're just a game behind you. Mm-hmm. But right now, Old Dominion at four, just one back of Madison, who they will play a week from today at Chartway, uh, who they lost to earlier this year. You know, there's nobody's catching the thundering herd. I mean, they're now crazy. They are again, as I've said over and over, they're like their the men's program used to be in terms of scoring. They're they're playing at a different pace and uh, you know different atmosphere than everybody else. They're uh, 14 and one at conference, so. The Marshall women have been ridiculous. And then Troy's in second, followed by Madison, then ODU. So important for them to get this next win and then come back home and then obviously finish it off. And maybe if you can beat Madison, uh, you got a shot at being the third seed. But either way, to get that double bye is significant uh, in the tournament. All right, the men's game, like a lot of the men's game, pretty good for most of it. Very competitive. Back and forth. Seven, you know, uh, you know, times tied, nine lead changes, you know. Game that felt like it could go either direction with about four and a half minutes to go. But then, you know, App State, as David was just mentioning to us, has had this great season. Now, their computer numbers are not as good as Madison's. But that he's right. I mean, you beat Auburn. That's a quality out-of-conference win. Uh, they've beaten JMU uh, twice in two different type of games, like a low-scoring game and a, and a higher-scoring game. Last year, they could only play the low-scoring games. But last night, they got hot in the right time. They have had seven players, different players, um, score over 20 points in games this year. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's the kind of depth they have. Uh, obviously, we know about ODU's lack of depth. They've lost, you know, they've had to kick two players off the team, one of which was the leading scorer. The other guy was supposed to be their starting big man, and he was for a brief period of time um, before he was let go of the team. So they're thin, and it shows late in games. I mean, they they have a hard time, you know, finishing games. And against a better team like App State last night, it was 
it was not uh, it wasn't pretty down the stretch. I mean, they just put on the gas, and there was nothing uh, the Monarchs could do about it. And they made big shot after big shot. This kid Terrence Harkham in the second half just hit so many threes. Now it didn't hurt him that sometimes he could spin the basketball and probably read the alphabet before he put up his shot. Yeah, that's and, helpful. <laughs> I mean, there were some open looks at three. When I'm saying open look, I mean, it's way too easy looks at three for a, a quality team. And they normally don't shoot 50% from three, but, you know, you know, good for them. Again, they have capable shooters, but also, I mean, come on. Get out on the shooter. Stop running under the screen uh-huh. um, and leaving a guy wide open who can beat you from out there. So that was, uh, you know, again, it's just been different ways of, uh, you know, it, it is a little Groundhog's Day-ish at times watching the games where, hey, you know, good fight, they come back, they're bad, like kind of sloppy first half, come back, but, you know, just back and forth and then just to not be able to finish it off. Tomorrow night, last game, Coastal Carolina has been a long season, needless to say, 6-22 and 22 long. Uh, worst season I can remember. And yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of things have happened. Needless to say, you know, your coach is out with uh, medical leave, although I did hear or see today that Jeff Jones will be at the game tomorrow night to uh, obviously salute the seniors, and I'm sure mainly for Jason Wade, as he should be, who's meant a lot to the program. Obviously, father was a big-time player here. His mom, uh, an alum as well. Great people, and he's been through a lot. If you don't know his story, you know, you should. But anyway, um, I'm sure that's why Jeff's going to be there for the ceremony, and uh, hopefully hopefully they can get one, finally. I mean, Coastal's the type of team they could be. They may play Coastal next week in the tournament, or two weeks from now, rather, because um, they're probably going to be around that range, you know, where ODU is. It's a 14-11 game, because I don't think ODU can climb out of the 14 right now uh-uh. with just three games to go, and they have to go to App State next Wednesday, yikes, uh, to Boone, where they're really good this year. So anyway, um, I just, I, I'm starting to take it personally. You know, commander season, Old Dominion season. I mean, is it me? Yeah, it's it's been rough. <laughs> Here, you know, it's not it's not been good. I mean, it's like I've I've seen a lot of losses like really up close this year. It's just like I mean, hey, but at least you've got the net. Oh, that's right. No, I don't. I don't have the net. I don't have to watch them up close. Is the beauty of that, right? Like that's <laughs> you know that's not the same type of investment. You know what I mean? That's true. And, I, and like I love calling the games, win or lose. It's always fun. It, it is enjoyable. It's just. You know, you'd like to be able to call a winner. Well, it's, it's, it's hard. You're, you're an alum. Yeah, just like, just like I to am, win every once know. in a while. I'm not, you know, look, I'm on ESPN Plus. I'm not supposed to be a homer, but, you know, sometimes I probably sound like I'm bitching. Uh, well, but also, <laughs> now, now, and when I was a student at Old Dominion, the, the women's team was the it team on yeah, campus because yeah, you had Tisha there and yeah. the whole crew. So so I, I remember when women's basketball was the was the highlight on campus so seeing what the women are doing not certainly not to the same level but seeing what the yeah. women's team is doing this year that, that that's a nice little throwback yeah they got a chance they definitely have a chance to win that conference uh still and um hopefully again they can move up in this move up in the seating and at least get madison just for the sake of beating madison yeah, let's just get madison right? like yeah. just beat them i mean i know they, they saluted the soccer team last night who might be the only team that consistently beats madison i think at this point. At this point, yes. Yeah, I think they're the only one. All right, 757-687-9494. All right, Brad Biggs on the other side, Chicago Tribune, is going to join us. We'll talk uh, about where they're headed with that number one, number one overall pick uh, and some other issues with the Bears this offseason as we get ready for the combine next week. Scott Jackson, show priority to Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED.